You know, I think at this stage it's appropriate to look at the Constitution and to look at the precedent which has existed uh, over, well, since the beginning of our country's history. And in a circumstance where a uh, nominee of a president is from a different party than the Senate, then more often than not, the Senate does not confirm. So the Garland decision was consistent with that. On the other hand, when there's a nominee of a party that is in the same, uh, in the same party as the Senate, then typically they do confirm. So the Garland decision was consistent with that, and the decision to proceed now with the President Trump's nominee is also consistent with history. Um, I came down on the side of uh, the Constitution and precedent as I've studied it, uh, and, uh, and make the decision on that basis. You know, I think at this stage... Breaking news today on the RBG Supreme Court seat, Senator Mitt Romney, one of the four votes necessary to stop Trump's selection before the election, announced today he would vote on a nomination process. The Supreme Court is now almost certainly lost for health care, LGBTQ civil rights, women's rights, Latino and immigration rights, and more. Trump will likely now get his third justice in four years, and America is most certainly going to change. Mitt Romney said today that his liberal friends have been used to a liberal court. That may change. It seems fitting that this announcement takes place on National Voter Registration Day, highlighting just how important it is for all of us to take control of our future. Well, good evening, America. It is 7 p.m. Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020, and it is time to queer up the news. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your stories we're going to tell this evening on Queer News Tonight. Tonight on the world's first live daily queer evening news show. Tonight's news about the gay community and the news from an LGBTQ perspective. Are our gay stories important to you? In headlines, politics, entertainment, gay culture, travel, religion, and more. Reported by respected anchors. Out of the closet and into the headlines on Q News Tonight. Well, thank you for joining Queer News Tonight. We are live. This is an unedited evening LGBTQ news show. So anything can happen this evening, and we bring you the news of and a perspective from the LGBTQ community. I'm your anchor, Al Ferguson, and these are my co-anchors, Dr. Ty Hauser and John Romano of the Wilton Manors Facebook group. Queer News Tonight wishes everyone watching a very happy first day of fall. Now, let's queer up the news. Tonight we begin with queer headlines. The LGBTQ community in America is diverse, while the LGBTQ community around the world is vast. We bring you the bullet points of queer news for today, Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. We begin by queering up entertainment in reporting that Ellen has addressed today the allegations of toxic work environment in the season premiere. Watch this. As you may have heard, this summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. 
I take that very seriously and I want to say I am so sorry to the people who were affected. I know that I'm in a position of privilege and power and I realize that with that comes responsibility and I take responsibility for what happens at my show. For the season premiere of her 18th season, Ellen began the talk show by addressing the elephant in the room. She discussed the allegations of a toxic working environment for her staff and made a few well-timed jokes at her own expense. In the end, Ellen issued an apology, and she said that she takes full responsibility for what happens behind the scenes of her show. It remains to be seen if the broader LGBTQ community will welcome her back with open arms, or if this will do lasting harm to her career. Whenever, uh, whenever you have an issue like Ellen had, it's always best to address it head on. And I think we learned that the other day with Randy Rainbow as well. I didn't, uh, I didn't see anything other than the clip, but from, for me, it seemed like she was uh, fairly sincere. So I hope that she's able to change things around. Now I wanna know who's gonna apologize for what happened last night here on Queer News. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to me, I, I just, uh, as, as long as she addresses it and, and hopefully she'll actually do something about everything, get things back to normal or the way they should be, and that should take care of things. I mean, you know, her personality is great, so I, I think she'll be able to recover with this. Well, tomorrow we start uh, season three uh, of Happening on Television Network, and on behalf of everyone, I would like to apologize for the toxic work environment that exists here, <laughs> and we will do better. We, we will work very hard to do better. Next, let's queer up entertainment. In reporting, Crazy Rich Asian star Henry Goulden uh, worried about taking a gay role as a straight actor. Crazy Rich Asian star Henry Goulden is worried about taking a gay role uh, as a straight actor for all the right reasons. Golding has been offered the part of Kit, a gay British Vietnamese man who returns to his country of origin. Golding expresses that he was raised around so many strong gay independent men, so he is considering turning down the role as a matter of respect and from a place of goodwill. He said he doesn't want to be another straight actor taking a gay man's role. I. Kudos to him. I mean, it is. It takes a. It takes a strong actor to say, "I'm going to give up a job so that I can do the right thing." So I'm. I'm happy to hear that he's uh, making that decision, or considering that decision. Yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Although you know, the whole thing is, is it's acting. So I mean, we've had so many gay actors that have portrayed straight people over the years. To me, it, it, it doesn't matter. If, if, if the actor's a good quality actor, then let them do it. I mean, you know, sometimes it can, it can educate them into something as well. So um, I, I can go either way on that. I mean, it, it's, it's good to have a gay man portray it, but then how much acting is in that? You know, through all of Ty and John's comments, um, I wasn't listening because I was thinking of Golding in that um, almost nude scene in Crazy Rich Asians <laughs> in his bathroom, and I ultimately proved that I am very, very gay. <laughs> Next, let's queer up the world. Grand Cayman's governor reacts to leaked texts to hang gays in a loving way. Watch this. But I've seen a number of comments made on WhatsApp in recent days about the Civil Partnerships Bill, which I feel are deeply irresponsible. And in fact, I, I find them quite shocking. The worst ones have been referred to the police to look into. As a follow-up on a story previously covered here on Queer News Tonight, 
the governor of the Cayman Islands is finally speaking up about the strongly anti-LGBTQ message shared among members of a particular Christian group. The text messages discuss the plausibility and possibility of hanging one or two gay people in a loving way as a warning to other queer people. Governor Martin Roper held a press conference calling the text messages quite shocking. He promised that the worst of similar comments via text and WhatsApp have been referred to the police. In the meantime, he's pleading for both sides of the argument to lower the temperature. Now let's queer up the vote for 2020. New anti-Donald Trump ad for uh, LGBTQ voters opens with, this is a queer bar. Watch this. This is a queer bar. It's barely open. Here you would normally see people being themselves with their community, sometimes for the first time all week or for the first time in their lives. And no one knows when we'll be free to come back and truly be ourselves. Make no mistake, this happened because our most powerful politicians made bad choices. And they blamed us as they continue to attack our community and make us feel less safe to be ourselves, leaving everyone at the margins and on the front lines in harm's way. In a new black and white video ad campaign, the human rights campaign shares an anti-Trump pro-LTBQ message. The video features a well-known gay bar in Washington, D.C. that currently sits empty due to the country's continued lockdown measures. The narrator explains how Trump's incompetent and insensitive response to the pandemic has created such a tough economic situation for queer people across America. The HRC Political Action Committee will spend $1.5 million to target pro-equality swing state voters in hopes of securing the election away from Trump. Next week, Queer Up Vote 2020 actually continue it by reporting Pete Buttigieg delivers an inspiring message to young LGBTQ voters. Former Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg has an inspiring message for today's young LGBTQ voters. Buttigieg shared with The Guardian what uh, that voting is essential for the LGBTQ community. He stated that there should be a sense of urgency when your own rights are up for debate. Over the past presidential term, Trump has made many decisions that negatively affect queer people. Fear of Trump legally or illegally securing a second term is a top concern for activists, and Mayor Pete hopes that his message will help ensure that Trump's second term never happens. Next, let's queer up gay culture. Teacher fights ban on LGBTQ signage with rainbow classroom decor. A Nevada teacher responded to her school's strict policy on political signage by plastering her classroom in rainbows. The school claimed that displaying the LGBTQ rainbow flag is not tolerated because it suggests supporting a single political party. The teacher, who is openly bisexual, has decorated her classroom in a burst of color. If anyone asks, she said, I just really like rainbows. Now let's queer up the world. Six in 10 queer Iranians have been assaulted by homophobic family members. Almost half have been sexually assaulted in the public. The LGBTQ community of Iran is experiencing an invisible crisis. 60% of queer Iranians report having been assaulted by any LGBTQ family members and nearly half reported facing sexual assault in public. 
The new report, Hidden Wounds, dissects the day-to-day -day experience of a queer Iranian and things too late. The shocking violence that our LGBTQ brothers and sisters in Iran face every day. Next, we'll queer up entertainment. Chichi Devane snubbed from In Memoriam on Emmys. Sunday's Emmy presentation was a strange one. In many ways, it was different due to social distancing rules, but some things, like the annual memoriam, remained the same. The In Memoriam segment features many familiar faces who passed away during the year. This year's segment failed to include Drag Race alum Chichi Devane, who passed away in August. The presentation paid tribute to Naya, uh, Naya Rivera, Jerry Stiller, Regis Philbin, Chadwick Boseman, and of course, Supreme Court Justice, the notorious RBG. Any mention of Chi-Chi Devane was conspicuously absent for Drag Race fans. Now let's queer up the vote for 2020. Joe Biden criticizes LGBTQ free zones in Poland. Democratic President nominee and former Vice President Joe Biden is speaking out against Poland's discriminatory LGBT free zones. The LGBT free zones are towns and municipalities which have passed ordinances banning the promotion of LGBTQ rights. This move away from the equality has sparked and fanned the flames of a rising anti-LGBTQ subculture. Biden expressed that such LGBT free zones have no place in the EU or anywhere in the world. Well, uh, we are going to now have a uh, sponsorship that Queer News Tonight is doing with the, um, a men's healthcare conference here in South Florida. Tonight, we would like to introduce our special guest, and this is Luigi Ferrar. Uh, he is a sexual minority health coordinator for the Florida Department of Health. He chairs Miami Collaborative, and they are working on the 2020 Miami Men's Wellness Conference. Uh, good evening, Luigi, and welcome to Q News Tonight. Good evening. I'm glad to be with you. Well, uh, the conference is uh, starting on Thursday. It's a two-day conference on Thursday and Friday, and Queer News yes. Tonight wanted to get involved in help of promotion and awareness for the conference because of the unique time we are in with COVID-19 and other wellness issues, including HIV for uh, the gay community. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing at the Miami Men's Wellness Conference. So the um, conference grew out of the work of the Miami Collaborative, which is uh, our uh, HIV prevention work group for men who have sex with men in Miami. Um, we are going to be, uh, Originally, we had planned to do a face-to-face -face meeting. Um, that became impossible, and so we've gone to a virtual platform. Instead of an all-day Saturday format, we're going to be meeting uh, on Thursday and Friday mornings. And we will have an opening plenary uh, talking about men's wellness and um, why now? Why, why are we concerned about men's health now? Um, this pandemic uh, has thrown us all for a loop. And so um, talking about safer sex, not just in terms of HIV, but in terms of COVID prevention, um, we know that probably the best way to um, transmit COVID is to make out with somebody. 
So, um, you know, there, there are some issues to overcome. Um, we're going to be talking uh, another issue that for many people um, has been difficult during this time of isolation is substance use. So we are going to be talking about harm reduction and about how to have conversations around drug use. Um, we're going to be uh, talking about transitioning to online services and how to get the most out of a telehealth visit. Um, and we're going to be, or actually, we, the Gay Vista Social Club is going to be hosting a social for us um, uh, during the evening. So just like many conferences, um, we'll have the opportunity to learn. Um, the public will be able to interact with presenters. And um, we'll also ha get to spend some downtime and just enjoy each other's company. Luigi, uh, Florida Department of Health and the, the sponsorship of the Miami Men's uh, Wellness Conference, it's never been done virtually before. This is the first time you've done it this way? This is the first time, and um, it's been a steep learning curve. I've had a great uh, committee made up of many of our um, HIV prevention providers in, in the county. Um, so we'll be hearing from many of the agencies that provide the HIV prevention services to the community. Um, it, it's going to be fun, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Uh, way and, um, there's a lot of things to do still, but uh, I'm really looking forward to Thursday morning when we kick off at 9 o'clock. Um, I'm glad that you um, put up the uh, conference flyer with the QR code so people can just point their phone at the QR code and go register. Yeah, excellent. And uh, I understand many uh, very notable uh, uh, LGBT um, uh, health and wellness organizations are participating. Who are some of those that are participating in the conference? Um, so we have Care Resource uh, uh, Community Center, a federally qualified health center. We have Empower You. Um, Borinkin will be um, with us uh, as well. Um, we have Metro Wellness from Tampa that will be joining us. Um, and then we have national organizations like NASTAD and the Harm Reduction Coalition that will also be part of the conference and presenting. Um, and then we've got the fabulous Gay Vista Social Club doing the socials, so um, yeah. I, I expect great things. Well, uh, America, uh, you have the information here that we've done with uh, uh, Luigi, and uh, he is uh, chairman of the Miami uh, Collaborative, uh, putting on the uh, 2020 Miami Men's Wellness Conference. He is with the Florida Department of Health and is the sexual minority health uh, coordinator uh, for the state. So if it has to do with gay, Luigi does it. Uh, and uh, that's what's <laughs> going to happen on Thursday and Friday. Uh, everyone here at Happening on Television Network, this is a core uh, sponsorship uh, for us because of our belief in uh, propelling and pushing uh, health wellness, especially in 2020 in the midst of uh, coronavirus. So uh, you should check out participation in uh, the conference. Uh, it, uh, and, and you can do it all over the country now because this is the first time that it is being done virtually. So you don't have to get on an airplane uh, to come to South Florida to participate. Luigi, thank you very much and we wish you all success. I'm going to be uh, with you. On thank Thursday. you so much, Al. We're looking forward to it. 
Next, let's catch up on, speaking of medical, the news surrounding COVID-19 with our segment we call Quarantine Quickies. The first story tonight is our daily reporting on coronavirus facts, especially important to the LGBTQ community. First, we report on coronavirus case <coughs> numbers based on standard acceptance of 7% of population of the LGBTQ community. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases now stand at 2,198,414. While America's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases are knocking at the door at over half a million. We remind you that America is ground zero of the pandemic. The United States is only 4.4% of the world's population, and today America is 22.2% of the world's cases. Next, we report on, unfortunately, coronavirus deaths. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 deaths now stand at 68,070. We crossed 68,000 worldwide today. America's LGBTQ <coughs> COVID-19 uh, deaths stand at approaching 15,000. And the USA is 21% of all of the world's deaths. Dr. F uh, quarantine quickies. Dr. Fauci scares LGBTQ America by recommending closure of our social life, gyms, bars, indoor dining. Watch this. In fact, the CDC just came out, if you go onto their website, of a figure that's really telling. It shows the, the, the odds of risk of different types of situations that give you a higher risk of transmissibility. And coming right out at you from the figure is restaurants, bars, and gyms. When you have restaurants indoors in a situation where you have a high degree of infection in the community, you're not wearing masks, that's a problem. LGBTQ America is afraid to lose the few remaining social venues, but Dr. Dr. Fauci suggests that continued closures are best for reducing transmission. The social environments which currently pose the most risk to patrons are gyms, bars, and restaurants. With clubs and bathhouses already shuttered, we are on the verge of losing any resemblance of normalcy in this post-pandemic world. Dr. Fauci has been a leading expert in all matters related to COVID-19. Will the LGBTQ community reluctantly follow his lead despite its impact on our social lives? That remains to be seen. Well, hopefully everybody learns. I mean, we went through the whole AIDS ep epidemic and uh, went, went through all of that. So. Uh... You know, I, I know we've seen some videos of uh, different beaches and stuff like that, different vacation spots where there have been a lot of people partying and, and, and going out, but uh, hopefully everybody smartens up. Well, I remind you, America, we're getting ready to do uh, uh, Q&A on uh, LGBT health and COVID-19 with Dr. Hal Grossman. We'll, we'll address this issue um, uh, but I was, I knew that this story was going to be big with the number of people that contacted me today on Fauci's comments uh, about recommending to continue to keep gyms, uh, bars, and indoor dining closed. Uh, it was a very significant recommendation. And we'll talk about that uh, in Q's Q&A coming up in this episode of Queer News Tonight. Unfortunately, I think that we, uh, we've already given up. I hate to be the Debbie Downer here, but uh, cases are spiking in Europe. I think they're going to spike here again because we've forgotten about it. Definitely. Quarantine quickies. 156 nations agree to landmark coronavirus vaccine allocation deal. Watch this. 
Bye. Many thanks for joining me in this live interaction, Dr. Sitesh. And my first question to you is, why is this considered as a landmark deal and also how important is it? So Deepak, this is uh, certainly a very big announcement uh, for the whole world because uh, with the fear of uh, vaccine nationalism where certain countries uh, wanted to procure all the doses only for themselves and their populations, uh, a coalition like this led by the WHO uh, gives every country at least a fighting chance to get some vaccines mm -hmm. for the critical services in their countries. In a landmark public health agreement, a coalition of 156 nations has agreed to a coronavirus vaccine allocation deal. The nation's governments say that when a vaccine is ready, frontline and essential workers will receive priority access to the preventative measures. This is especially an important uh, agreement for the developing world as it prevents the richest countries from claiming the lion's share of these limited resources. The United States has not chosen to participate at this time. Well, uh, that's the soundbite right there. Um, the country that has the most at stake, the most number of coronavirus cases, the most number of deaths, and we have chosen symbolically to not participate with the rest of the world. This, this falls right along the path of what, uh, what we've been doing for the last four years. You don't want to play ball by my rules, we're not going to even come to the playground. Yeah, it's quite a shame. Yeah. Today we bring you a, after that, uh, a more lighthearted <laughs> video. And it's an essay, a photo essay, on one mm. of our favorite subjects. If you're going to counterbalance COVID, why not? animals. So we think no matter what type of creature you're into, big or small, this essay about goofy animals will put a smile on your face. Watch this. Q News Tonight presents the top 10 animal pictures to make your day. Whether these photos make you laugh or cry, they are sure to take your mind off the dumpster fire that is 2020. Number 10. Number 9 Number 8 Number 7 Number 6 Number 5 Number 4 Number 3 Number two. Number one. If you like these pictures, stick around for more daily photo essays. Subscribe, like, follow, and ring the bell. Pretty please? I like that. That was fun. Happening on Television Network is broadcasting on our brand new set in partnership with the Sunshine Cathedral. This is the world's largest queer church right here in Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Manors, Florida. And we always joke, we're broadcasting from the gayest place on planet Earth. Our support of their Sunday celebration is the largest LGBTQ religious broadcast in the world. It's every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern and completely live. We encourage you to tune in. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Watch this.
Dr. Will Gaffney of Fort Worth, Texas, and I am an LGBTQIA friend, ally, co-conspirator, and collaborator. And when I am in Fort Lauderdale, Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. We'd also like to thank our set designer, Concepto Modern Living here in Fort Lauderdale, for making this set in this amazing queer church campus possible. Tonight is part 28 of Q's Q&A on health and the LGBTQ community, September 22nd. This special segment is designed to be unique in America to answer your questions about coronavirus and other health issues for the LGBTQ community. Every Tuesday, we have an American pioneer in AIDS, HIV, medical treatment. With us is Dr. Howard Grossman, specialist in internal medicine with an emphasis on HIV. He was the executive director of the American Academy of HIV Medicine. He has become nationally recognized as an educator on HIV issues and is an advocate for LGBTQ civil rights and the rights of our community. And of course, he has become the medical expert during pandemic for queer news tonight. Welcome, Dr. Grossman. And before we get into the viewer questions, of course, uh, we see a significant week after week for science and the medical community. So before we take any of those viewer questions, I just want to ask uh, anything in particular on your mind this week. Well, Al, first, Happy New Year. It's the Jewish New Year, and right. I wish you a good Thank and healthy you. one, and everybody here. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, you know, I think one of the interesting things this week was the uh, CDC, uh, once again, posting new information on coronavirus and then taking it off their website. So last Friday, they posted on the website that they accepted what's basically the scientific truth that uh, one of the ways that COVID-19 is transmitted is through aerosols. So through small droplets that may hang in the air for an extended period of time that people can breathe in. So that in uh, poorly ventilated spaces over a period of time, you may transmit the virus that way. Now this is something that scientists around the world feel is really um, more than a hypothesis now and, and fairly well proven. Whether you look at the study of the church in Washington state where a person stood in the same place in a large choir uh, where that had practiced for several hours and, and multiple, I think 26 people became infected, some of whom were nowhere near that person as they were singing loudly. Uh, so not transmission through uh, large droplets face to face. Uh, or a restaurant in China with poor ventilation where there many people were infected by a single person. So there have been case after case of these kind of things where it could only be these small particles that are being transmitted. Now, <clears throat> that's not to say that this is a main way of transmission. So the, the main way of transmission is still large droplets, face to face, somebody coughs in your face, somebody sneezes in your face, you know, that's still the main way that a respiratory virus is transmitted. But we do know that aerosol transmission, small particles, does happen with other things, and it does seem to be at least uh, one way that, um, that COVID-19 can be transmitted. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, the cleaning of your fruits and vegetables and your boxes and deliveries and stuff like that, I think that is way down the list. 
Uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask uh, you uh, also about um, big news of the week. What did you think of Dr. Fauci's uh, call out very specifically to call for the, clo the continued closure uh, if uh, they haven't been opened of gyms, bars, and indoor dining? What did you think about that? Well, let me, let me finish first the, that piece, because what happened is that the, somebody at the CDC pulled that, that, that thing about aerosols off the site and said that this should never have gone up because it was a, uh, um, uh, it, it was a draft. Well, of course, in this administration, we can't be sure because certainly if this exists, then other unventilated or poorly ventilated spaces like schoolrooms, uh, you know, factories become uh, ways of places where, where the virus can be transmitted, which is not something that Donald Trump wants to hear. So, so once again, we're dealing with the politicization, politicization of the CDC, unfortunately. Um, you know, Dr. Fauci, I have to say, Tony Fauci only speaks in facts. Okay, um, you know, I've, I've known the man since the mid 80s uh, and, and, and admired him tremendously. Uh, and certainly in the HIV world, nobody speaks with greater authority or more gravitas. So if he's saying this, and I have to think that there is significant proof that restaurants, bars, and gyms are the main way that people are getting infected now. Uh, you know, we did see a study last week from the a report from the CDC. It was only 300 patients in this study um, that said that people who eat in restaurants were twice as likely to get COVID-19. Now, I haven't looked at the numbers. I mean, twice as likely could be, you know, five and 10 um, out of 300 something people. So, uh, you know, and the study I do know did not differentiate between indoor eating and outdoor eating. Um, I do think that we really need to start to think about the, the air circulation, uh, and this goes back to what I was talking about before, in the places we're talking about. So there are, um, there does seem to be, you know, Yale today in the Washington Post, there's a nice uh, poster uh, from the Yale School of Public Health that talks about ways of adapting air conditioning systems, for example, to not be on-demand air conditioning, be continuous flow, to have HEPA filters if possible, to put inline UV lights in the ductwork. Um, uh, if you don't have that, that uh, you have exhaust fans in a room, uh, they're pulling air out, that you have, um, uh, that if you have ceiling fans, that you reverse the ceiling fans so that air flows up rather than down, pulling uh, any aerosol or, or particles upward away from people. So, you know, there are ways I think that we can retrofit our spaces, our indoor spaces that may be safer. Uh, and I would assume that this is kind of what he's referring to. And uh, any, um, any change or news uh, this week in the, uh, the vaccine front? Anything new um, that you should be aware of? You know, I, I don't think we've really seen any change, although Dr. Fauci has been very clear in the last week that we're looking at really um, two years. You know, you're probably looking at early 2021, and we heard this also from uh, um, Dr. Redfield from the CDC, uh, you know, who's been kind of a political hack to my way of thinking, but you know, he's a smart man, he's a yeah. scientist, and this is way, what he's talking. And remember, he said very clearly that masks are our best source of prevention. So let's look at it. You know, vaccine, as we've talked about many times over the weeks, may be 50% effective, 60%, maybe 70%. 
Masks are 85% effective in preventing transmission yeah. of coronavirus. It's like the difference between condoms and PrEP, yeah. you know, for our audience. Uh, and speaking of condoms, uh, tonight we are uh, also including some other LGBTQ health questions that you have been asking. And uh, we're going to start with Ty. Ty has one. Yeah, Ty. so a viewer wrote in, uh, it's a great segue, a viewer wrote in and said, two-thirds of gay men skip condom use. Is this true? Why? And what's next? Well, basically, this was true before PrEP, okay? So studies in the, in the um, uh, uh, early, in the late 2000s showed that the majority of gay men were at least sometimes not using condoms. So this is, this is a problem that's been going on for some time. And let's face it, all men hate condoms. Uh, that I think we can say that I had one friend way back in the 80s who fetishized condoms. He was the only one. Um, I've but got other, jokes. I've got jokes. Other than that, um, you know, I've never known anybody. And as men age, especially, the biggest thing I hear is I lose my erection with a condom. I can't keep on a condom and have intercourse. So that becomes uh, difficult. Um, you know, I do think that in the age of PrEP, and we can talk about this in as much detail as you want, I think that PrEP does open the door to places where condomless sex is safe from but, an but HIV you... standpoint, not from an STD standpoint. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. HIV how do you deal with the STD then? Well, uh, you know, I think when I talk to patients about PrEP, I try to very, care, very specifically talk about the different kinds of people that they will have sex with, unknown versus known, partners, people who are positive and undetectable, people who are on PrEP, not on PrEP, unknown status, you know, all of that. And I think certainly when you're dealing with an unknown partner here in Florida where the risk of STDs is very high, um, using a condom may still be a useful thing um, for people <coughs> who can do that. Uh, Dr. Grossman, I think, I think the question that caught us uh, by surprise in this question and looking at uh, this most recent study, and it's pretty new, 66% um, uh, regardless of whether PrEP or not, regardless of HIV or not, regardless of STD or not, we're not using condoms. Does that surprise you? That well, as I said, this is something that was going on back in the late 2000s. Uh, people, you know, became fatigued at using condoms and you know, thank God we had PrEP, which has really helped to bring down the HIV rate. Um, fortunately for now, we can treat uh, STDs, but there's a growing problem with resistant gonorrhea, yeah. uh, resistance of the newest STD, mycoplasma genitalium, which looks a lot like gonorrhea and chlamydia uh, as far as infections go, but often isn't tested for. Um, you know, we're seeing growing resistance. If we lose penicillin for syphilis, we're in deep doo-doo, yeah. uh, truthfully. Okay, and uh, John, we have another viewer question. Okay. What is the number one concern for medical professionals about LGBTQ health? Well, I, th I think that, the, that HIV risk is certainly a big one and how we can communicate to more people um, the need to, <coughs> to do PrEP, for example, uh, in the right situations. Uh, how do we get this to heterosexuals? Uh, how do we get um, transgender people who um, are at high risk uh, but often don't perceive that risk to be off? How do we get pre off them to be offered PrEP in the first place 
Uh, how do we get it linked to hormone uh, affirmation therapy so that people are more willing to do it? So those are big questions as far as HIV goes. Um, I think the STD thing is, is enormous and a, a really tough one for professionals. Uh, we don't want to treat this cavalierly because of the risk of uh, resistant um, organisms. Um, but so far, we can treat most STDs. So getting people in, making them realize that they, if they're sexually active, they need to come regularly. And by the way, bathhouses are not closed. Uh, yeah. Bathhouse is open here in, in Fort Lauderdale uh, as a restaurant, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, <laughs> but, and people are starting to have sex again. We There's talked about this last too. week. People are, you know, you're not going to shut people down from having sex. I'm, I'm curious, Dr. Grossman, and what you're seeing uh, in the LGBT community versus uh, the broader community. Uh, is LGBT, um, especially gay men, are they more willing to take on risk than, than the, the broader community, or is it really the same? Oh, no. Straight boys, you know, I deal with my trainers, who, yeah. the different trainers yeah. I've had who are young. And, and, and by the way, is that the medical term for them, straight boys? Straight boys. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, they're, they're <laughs> under 30, but they, to me, that's, that's a kid. But um, uh, um, anybody under 60 is a kid. But, <laughs> but, you know, they don't take any precautions. Yeah. They're not using condoms. They're not. They're they're hooking up. Um, yeah. With, so for with, that uh, for that viewer's question, uh, would I generally be summarizing this correct? Uh, LGBT health concerns, uh, at least for this year, number one is COVID. Number two is HIV. Number three is STDs. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and John, you have another question. Uh, actually, or Ty. Yeah, I've got, I've got this one. The um, uh, viewer wrote in and uh, recognized that you were on the front line of AIDS and asks, is the gay community of 1990 or 2020 better on LGBTQ health? Wow, fantastic question. Well, let's remember LGBTQ health was in its infancy uh, in the early 1980s. The first, some of the first meetings of, of LGBT, uh, well, at that time it was really LG um, health professionals um, took place in the very late 70s, 78, 79, uh, and organizations were just beginning to form in the early 80s. The community was also a lot smaller back in those days, so many more people are out and feel comfortable being out, so that we actually have, the communities we have are much larger than they used to be. Um, you know, I still think that there is a lack of knowledge uh, in, the, uh, in the LGBTQ communities. Um, I think that we're not taught about the health of our bodies in, in ways that we need to. I mean, I think that's true of straight people as well. I think, you know, they're not getting the health education, but any health education is happening in high schools is happening for straight people, not for gay people. Uh, Dr. Grossman, I think um, uh, one of the things that I'm really curious to hear you say, because you've lived it on both sides of the wall, um, where was the LGBT then, the gay community, in 1990 better at uh, and more aware of, uh, of health needs than today in 2020? Or are we better aware as a community today than we were in 1990? Which community on either side of the wall? Which well, I, th I think our, our health professionals are certainly more aware these days than they used to be. And I think we are finally making ground with young uh, providers, both gay and straight. So I teach sometimes at Florida Atlantic University at the medical school, and they are teaching their first year, second year, third year, fourth year students about LGBTQ health. Uh, and that is something that never happened uh, 
uh, in, in medical school when I went. So I think, and that's due to gay, gay and lesbian and bisexual and transgender providers who've been out there and advocates who've been out there mm. pushing for this. So I think that as a medical community, people who are interested are better educated. We still have a long way to go long because way. there's a lot of really stupid doctors on our issue. Well, and absolutely the reason why we will uh, continue to do this at uh, Queer News tonight. Um, any final thoughts, anything that um, that you saw this week or you think is important that should put in front of uh, LGBT America? Well, I, I would say that, you know, if people are still listening to Donald Trump that they, uh, as far as anything with COVID, that they really need to look at what he has said the last few days. I mean, the fact that he went up yesterday in North Carolina saying that young people don't get uh, don't get coronavirus, uh, that that it's amazing. They have these amazing immune systems. Well, I don't know. But, you know, uh, I mean, that's just uh, to use Joe Biden's word malarkey. Um, And, you know, I think we we really have to ignore anything that he says about this, because all of it is simply whatever's going to get him elected or whatever's going to make his crowd cheer. Uh, yeah. But it's unfortunate because it is true disinformation. Well, this segment that we do is very, very important. We always thank uh, Dr. Howard Grossman for participating because it is so important. Um, uh, COVID number, uh, COVID-19 is the number one issue facing the LGBTQ community. Um, it is number one. Um, well, that is, uh, as a result, the end of part 28. We've done this for 28 weeks wow. of Q's Q&A for, I guess I owe Dr. Grossman dinner or something now. He's done <laughs> this for so long. You're on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, we do this for the LGBTQ community very specifically. Every Tuesday night, we're going to bring you viewer questions. All you have to do is send them to us in Facebook or send an email or however you want to get it to us uh, Uh, Pony Express, uh, 80% of everyone listening to me don't even know what that means. Um, But however you get the questions to us, uh, the reason is is because we want to get the most important medical advice from our medical expert, Dr. Howard Grossman. He um, is the specialist at Midway Specialty Care Center right here in Wilton Manors. They have many uh, locations all over South Florida and encourage you uh, if you're here in South Florida to contact uh, Dr. Grossman, he'd love to uh, meet you and see you. And always, as always, thank you, Dr. Grossman, for being with us here tonight. Thanks, Al. And I want to put in one more pitch, and that's that we need to, we, we've been focusing on gay men and transgender people. We need to start talking about lesbian health as well. Yeah. Very important. And also, don't forget, uh, as he always reminds us, wear your mask. It's so important. All right. Well, we're going to end the show tonight with uh, The Big Finish. This is a short story mentions of LGBT news uh, or news with a gay perspective. And this is a very important moment uh, in the history of Q News tonight because this Dr. Ty Hauser calls me out at the top of the show of what in the hell happened in The Big Finish last <laughs> night. Uh, hint, go back and look, and you're going to find something that we have never had before. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Go back and look. But let's uh, play first on Queer News Tonight's The Big Finish. Reba McIntyre has talked this week about 30 years of drag queens doing fancy. <laughs> I love Reba. Uh, Those you know, are all drag queens, by the way. No, no, one of them is real, right? Uh, 
the the middle one is the most obvious of the drag queen. Uh, no, that's <laughs> no. that's Reba. Okay. Uh, I'd hate to say that Reba's like a like a B-list drag queen celebrity, but uh, you know she's not the first one that you think about when you think about drag queens. But man, I do love her, and I love the queens that do her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, the, the, some of them look really, really good. I, I could hardly tell which one was her and which one wasn't. Yeah, when you're a female music star, you know you've arrived when hundreds of drag queens uh, do you. Fancy is a song that defined a generation of drag queens. I actually saw her perform this at the CMAs at the Grand Old Opry in Nashville. That's a microphone drop. And the fact that, Ma uh, that uh, Reba has always embraced this warmly has helped many people get through some dark times. Because remember, these drag queens are imitating Reba McIntyre doing a song about prostitution. That's what Fancy was all about. And of course, that makes her a legendary icon in every sense of the word. The big finish, Love Island. Um, the Love Island star has been removed from the show after gay porn past resurfaces. Of course it does. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. He's Wait, a, can we pause just I a know, moment? I know, he's pretty, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Al, um, like last week or the week before, I helped you find Chris Evans' dick pic. Yes. I'm going to need a little help with this one because I couldn't find it. Yes, it exists. It does exist. <laughs> I'm sure it does, but I mean, hey, if you're if you're down here in South Florida, or if uh, an actress from South Florida, probably about three quarters of them already have done porn. So. Now, for any of you that are texting in, uh, in meeting John uh, Romano here and the Walton Manners uh, Facebook group, that's exactly what it is. That's all they do is dick pics all day long. <laughs> no, I'm wrong. Uh, this just proves that uh, TV producers don't understand <clears throat> what gets ratings. Uh, if I could get that boy to sit at this table and uh, show us some of uh, his porn excerpts, I'd be golden. I'd watch any show that had gay porn stars looking for love in an instant, and I speak for all of gay America. Bring him back. <laughs> the big finish. This was big news. Kylie Minogue has said that she is hoping to give the gays, and she used that phrase, the gays, I love that, everything that they want with a Madonna duet. I just peed myself a little bit. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> no. Well, this weekend I was hanging out with friends and we had our own little dance party and it was basically all Kylie and Madonna. So obviously we want this to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna have to give my gay card in because uh, I mean, I've never been a Madonna fan. I'm more into the hard rock and heavy metal, but um, hey, go for it. You know, um, <laughs> John and I are a little um, in the same vein. I've been front row at Madonna twice. The first time she kept us waiting for about <coughs> three hours. The second time she kept us waiting for almost four. I've had a little feud ever since. So, A, I would uh, think I will just think twice. And how about just having double Kylie? That'll be just great. <laughs> and we'll just completely forget about Madonna. She is so last century. <laughs> The big finish. Was that too Did bitter? We just tut each other. Was that, too, <laughs> was that too bitter? The big finish. This was exciting news. Stanley Tucci picked Colin Firth to play partner in a gay drama. 
So, of course, I love Colin Firth, but this takes us back to the story that we did earlier tonight, um, where, where the actor said, you know, he might not do it because there are plenty of gay actors out there. So, at what point uh, does the star have to be gay, gay enough, big enough? Uh, where's the line drawn, and how do we know what that line looks like? Yeah, and again, you know, if you're if there's a good quality actor, then fine to be it. But you know, for a lot of uh, for a lot of the gay men, I mean, half the fantasy is just watching the two straight guys kiss. Well, and you know, for <laughs> me, I don't have any problem with that at all because I'm a straight man playing a gay actor at Queer <laughs> News tonight. Works fine. For method. Me. method. Method. Right. <laughs> deep method. <laughs> That's a good joke. I'm a method actor. I'm a method gay. Uh, the big finish. Kelly Clarkson is a gay man as she belts out Golden Girls, Mary Tyler Moore, and Cheers themes on her show. Uh, this just warmed the cockles of my very soul. I watched this and I was, I immediately felt more relaxed after the Ginsburg news, after all the Trump bullshit. I watched her do this and I was like, ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a really good time. I actually didn't catch that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if everybody's stressed out over that, just, just hearing those theme songs would actually just make everybody calm down and laugh and have first, a good time. First, first, Ty, Dr. Ty Hauser has just proven he is the gayest man on planet Earth <laughs> because he cried all day on the RBG news and then he cried over Kelly Clarkson's doing the Golden Girls. <laughs> I thought it was about using cockles in a sentence. I could listen to, well, I liked cockles too. Uh, I could listen to the Golden Girls theme song for the rest of my life. And oh, by the way, if you'd like to watch it 24 hours a day, all you have to, tune, to do is to tune into our gay television network, Logo TV. <laughs> That's the only thing they play is the Golden Girls. Uh, I love Kelly Clarkson. She is a new icon for me. The Big Finish. Say it isn't so... The CDC has said this week, no trick or treating. I'm not sure what the big deal is here because all of my tricks are treated. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the ghost. <laughs> uh. Wait, I'll, don't steal my joke. <laughs> I'll come back to it. It, it could Kirby. be a good. I mean, you know, people are wearing masks anyway. So what, what's the big deal? I, you know. First, for true, first off, um, this is not going to happen. Now, we may not go door to door, but oh wait, Ty's going to go door to door. <laughs> um, and, and Jared, uh, let's put up this interesting, now let's look, I love the rainbow colors of the boys. Wait, the ghost, I'm loving the ghost. Yeah, <laughs> happy Halloween, everybody. Oh, uh, that is today's news for the LGBTQ community on the world's first daily LGBTQ news program. Remember, if it's important to the LGBTQ community, it's important to Queer News Tonight. But you must help with us. Click subscribe on the YouTube and share this news. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. And this is the only source, the only source of live LGBTQ news in the entire world. Your community needs your support. You're not alone. We'll get through this crisis together. <laughs> uh, this is Queer News Tonight, and we thank you for joining us. I'm Al Ferguson, and on behalf of Dr. Ty Hauser, 
seems a little thirsty tonight to me. <laughs> and from Wilton Manor's Facebook group, John Romano. John, Thank thanks for sitting thanks in. For we, by the way, at Queer News Tonight, are a real big believer of the social integration that takes place in the LGBTQ community, which is why we invited John to join us. Thank you. We're going to see you daily and tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Good night, America. <laughs>